Hello, hello, hello. Again, this is Goddess of Divine Love bringing you guys some phenomenal people today. And to start off, we have our co-host, Vanessa Burgess. She's going to be introducing our first guest. Vanessa, are you ready? I am ready. And thank you, Twanda. Yes. Um, Tonight, we're going to have Zen Ashe. She is out of the Houston area. She's an educator there. She's also a poet and essayist, and she's a motivational speaker in that area. So, um, Zen, good afternoon. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you. Thank you for coming on the show this afternoon. Thank you for having me. Oh, you're quite welcome. Um, Zen Ashe, that's a beautiful name. Uh, can you tell me if that's your given name or is it a name that you created for your image? It is not my given name. I was given the nickname Zen when I was in college. I was a waitress and there was a very chaotic day and um, people were like, well, how are you so calm? I need some of your Zen. <laughs> and so after that, everybody at that job called me Zen. And then when I left there, I kind of forgot about the name until it happened again about 10 years later um, at, at, at work where, I, you know, as a teacher. And then there were many people, some people came into my room and they were like, oh my gosh, I need some of you Zen. I just needed to come in here after work. It was such a crazy day. So it was like seven or eight people just followed in one after the other. They were like, it's always so peaceful in here. She just has such a peaceful vibe. She's always Zen. And so then, it came back again, and so they started to call me Zen, and then people outside of work somehow heard it and started to call me Zen, and so oh, it beautiful. has followed me for from one place to another. Beautiful. And, <laughs> yeah, and ended up just becoming my nickname, and so um, on Facebook, I ended up putting it as my nickname, but they asked me for, Facebook asked me for another name because they said it was too short, Right. and I had come across the Yoruba name. Uh, the Yoruba word ashe, which means so be it, means mm-hmm. my words have power. Mm-hmm. It means I can change reality with my words. And so I just uh, put that as my name and I just started performing under that name. That is awesome. And that's a beautiful name and it speaks volumes when other people can see your energy, your spirit, and they can, they can call it. They Hey, you have all this zen in you. And, mm-hmm. and um, it's just a great way uh, to be recognized. Absolutely. Well, thank you. You're welcome. Um, so we, we mentioned earlier that you are in the Houston area. Um, where can people find you in the Houston area when you, like, are you doing live performances? Or, or tell me what life is like pre-pandemic days. Pre-pandemic, I did a lot of live performances i was probably performing every week sometimes multiple times a week um at all kinds of venues across the city of houston um i I performed at over 100 venues but i do my own live show which is called laughs and lyrics i've done 57 shows i normally have about 10 performers on each show so i've worked with about 85 performers in the city of houston i am doing live shows again but we are limiting it to 50 people and social distancing so i've just started those again so people can see me my next show will be february 19th it's actually going to be called rise of the phoenix and of course coming out of covid (laughs) we all are trying to rise we just had a new inauguration and I was, I'm sure I was, and many people were 
inspired by very much the poet and so you know my challenge to the poets that come on the show is to bring that inspiration that pride that that energy into rise of the phoenix and come you know with that fire like she did um at the inauguration and so that's what we're going to be doing on february 19th beautiful i love the title um the name of the show laughs and lyrics that is very catchy and very nice uh, for, especially for poetry i love that um me myself i used to before pandemic i used to do comedy shows which mine is called relay of laughter so the title always has to have a powerful meaning so right. i want mine to feel like people are just going to constantly come into the shows and, and continuously laugh you know it needs to be great comedy Whereas I can see that your your laughs and lyrics are basically the same, but with the comedy is is fine. With your lyrics and poetry, it has a whole different meaning. Like um, I would say, the people would have to have bring substance to what they're they're bringing on the stage to the audience. So when in seeing that, is that what a lot of your your poets poets do? Do they bring substance um are more laughter to the audience well my show is called laughs and lyrics because i have a co-host uh kay jones hart and she is a comedian she's also a singer and so on our shows we always have music comedy and poetry the music could be just the dj and her singing or sometimes we've had many other singers, uh, full bands come on. Um, so I felt when I started my show, I liked that I could go to a poetry show. I could go to a comedy show. I could go to, um, a music show, but then I was like, well, what if I want all of it? What if I want all of it in one? I couldn't find that mixture. And so I decided to create it, um, because everybody doesn't like poetry. Everybody doesn't like comedy. Everybody doesn't like certain types of music, but if you have a different mix of performers, you have something for everybody. So I wanted to be feel like I can come out and get this mix that's going to really take me through this whole emotional gamut. I'm going to get some food for thought, but it's not going to get too heavy because I'm going to have some comedy and I'm going to possibly even get up and dance, you know, just some great music. And so you have that full experience to what I call get zened, to get lifted, get refreshed, get motivated and walk out there feeling, you know, like a million bucks. Right. And that's what my show is about. Oh, that's awesome. It kinda, and I feel the same way when I do things for entertainment. I don't like for people to come to the venue for one reason, like it's comedy. So I will bring some singers on, or musicians on, to make the evening more fuller, and to bring it, be brighter for the whole audience over. So that makes a lot of sense then. I also see that you're a high school teacher. You're an English teacher for high school. Um, Can you tell me a little bit about what that's like for you currently? How has it changed since um, the pandemic has occurred? Well, um, last year, of course, we had to shift very quickly. Mm-hmm. From we went on spring break with the intention and and the expectation of coming right back to school, and then we didn't come back the rest of that year. Mm-hmm. And we went on spring break with most of our assignments being paper assignments, and then by the time we came back to school, we had to have everything digital. 
So it was um, it's the closest thing that I could that I've heard people compare it to is, you know, building the airplane while you're flying it. Mm. You know, okay. that's the closest analogy because mm-hmm. you feel very much overwhelmed, very much um, right. as if there's so many moving parts. You're learning so much. You're trying to figure out the technical kinks. You're trying to to you know, connect with your students and, and they're going through emotional things, mental things, challenges. So it, it was, um, very overwhelming, very stressful. It is somewhat better this year because we've had some time to adapt, but it is still, we've lost a lot of students. Mm. Um, a lot of students have just checked out. They're not, they're not doing the digital learning thing at all. And, um, the ones that are coming face to face, they, some of them are very consistent. They're there every day. And some of them you see once a month. So face to face is, is also very different. The absence rate is extremely high. Um, it's just, it's, it's a different time to be an educator and it's, everyone is trying to modify it to, to keep the the main things taught but not you know you have to kind of adapt a lot because mm-hmm. it's very different when you're trying to teach something digitally versus face to face right right and i'm also in the field of education so i'm, I'm an educator as well and, and we're here in north carolina and my in my county, we have not returned to school yet. Um, well, not a high schoolers. So I'll say the elementary, middle school are back, but high schoolers is where I'm at, and we have not returned yet. And it's really disheartening for me to see the lack of interest, or mm-hmm. um, you know, attendance. Even we're just asking them to just check in, be be on the line. You, you know, and a lot of them are not even coming in to check in to say, okay, I'm interested in this. I'm not interested in learning like this is what they're showing us. So we're, we are planning on being back in class within the next several weeks. And I'm hoping that the kids are coming. They are going to come and they are going to come with the, with the intent of learning. You know, a lot of them, it, it's like they've been in a, on an extended vacation and they need to um, come back and, and, and see their friends, you know. So we're looking for something positive here in North Carolina. And I'm hoping that the students in Houston will get better, you know. So I was kind of interested to see what it was like between the two, the two states. Well, we've been back since September. And um, like I said, it's it's been it's been up and down with with uh, students coming back. So, yeah. well, we're gonna we're gonna send prayers for all of them. This is definitely needed. I can see it from this end. So, back to you though. What what is your passion, Zen? What is what is it? Um, what are you most focused on? Is it teaching or art or? Well, it used to be teaching. Um, I'd say about seven years ago, I saw myself um, being a teacher who was there at 85 and, you know, only stopped teaching when um, I couldn't physically do it anymore. Mm -hmm. But 
there have been a lot of changes. There's a lot more focus on testing and data and a lot of what I consider micromanaging of teachers. So I felt that the focus had shifted in a way that I wasn't really comfortable with. And so even though I'm still teaching, it definitely is not my passion anymore. Um, So I, I began to write more. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I began to perform about four years ago, and then two years ago I actually started the show. So the arts have definitely become my passion, and of course, what I call artivism—you know, using the arts to to try to make positive change in the world. Um, and so um, I am the Houston head for 100,000 Poets for Change, which is a global organization that highlights um, social, political, economic movements, and also just the arts period as a way of speaking to power mm-hmm. and, you know, to, um, to really reflect what is happening and, and to shine a light on the good and the bad, you know, the things that inspire us and motivate us and, and make us feel like we are capable of anything and also the things that need to be changed. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, I, I have a Facebook page with that and I post daily on there, a lot of things that are going on in the community, going on nationwide with the arts mm-hmm. and with different political and social movements and I work with different activists and community groups in the city of Houston. Very nice. That's wonderful. Thank you. How has um, COVID changed your your way of writing? Has, has that motivated you to do more? Well, um, when COVID hit, as I said before, you know, it had been downplayed so much that I think many people, myself included, were not expecting it to change our lives. Right. We were expecting it to be another H1N1 right. or something like that, where we were hearing about it, but it was very remote and very far removed. Mm-hmm. And that is not what happened, as we all know. Right. And so I remember the last show I did, which was actually called The Ides of March, very, you know, that. Julius Caesar was told, beware the Ides of March, and he was killed on that day, and the last show that I had was on the Ides of March, called the Ides of March, mm-hmm. and then that was the next day they shut down in in-person dining in Houston. Oh, boy. So it was it was just almost like uh, literature forecasting what was going to happen, right. you know, it was, it was very much um, surreal, and... I kind of went into a tailspin because the summer is my biggest season Mm -hmm. and um, I had already begun to plan, even though I hadn't booked, I had already begun to plan about six or seven major shows. Mm -hmm. Personally, for myself, I probably would have made about $5,000 during the time that I haven't, that I hadn't been performing from March to when I started back in December. Right. And so that was very traumatizing in a sense. And then, of course, I normally teach summer school also, and I decided that the online teaching at the time was way too stressful. I needed a break from it, so I didn't teach summer school. So that was another mm-hmm. uh, economic setback. And so I had to reevaluate, okay, as an artist, how am I going to adapt as a person with bills? How am I going to adapt and that's when I really sat down. You know, when I was a child, my mother had given me a Bible promise book. 
And mm-hmm. I had moved away from the church, but that concept of having something to go to that's very easy to use and very focused on when you feel this, do this, when you feel this, right. do this. Mm-hmm. I really like that concept. So I took out my planner and I said to myself, what do I have that COVID and Trump and all these other things cannot affect? And I started with the ABCs and I started just writing down all of these words, you know, abundance and attitude and adapting and courage and mm-hmm. boundaries and all of these different words. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, people have been telling me for at least two years I need to do a podcast. I think I should do a podcast Mm -hmm. and I think I should focus on these concepts that to me are foundational and are inspirational Mm -hmm. and can help people to shift and uh, cope. And so I took about a month. I actually took a a podcasting class online, which I haven't even finished yet because it was so full of stuff, but I, I took about a month, I did some research, I took the class, at least the first, like, 75% of it, and then I said, okay, it's time for me to go, I've been sitting here planning, I've been sitting here thinking, and, and jotting down ideas, and writing, and all this stuff, okay, I'm gonna start, and so, um, I started talking to people, getting interviews set up, and um, August 31st was the first interview that I did, and I actually didn't launch it until October 11th, because I wanted to make sure that I had everything lined up. I had the interviews lined up, but when I launched it, I wanted to be able to release an episode every week, Mm -hmm. and so so I, I launched it on October 11th, and so COVID actually created my podcast. Right, right. And because of the podcast, because I had done so much writing that was motivational, inspirational, mm-hmm. me kind of working through my issues, mm-hmm. I actually started taking the podcast topics and turning them into little mini books. So mm-hmm. I did the first one just on one topic, and then I did the goal setting package, which actually has 20 pages and it has 16 different topics. Nice, very and, good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so it actually created a whole nother way of, 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 I guess you could say, interacting with the world because I did my first goal-setting workshop on January 2nd, mm-hmm. and I bought 60 of the goal-setting packages because with the package, you get the workbook, you get a blank journal, you get tabs that you can tab the journal, you get a bookmark, you get stickers to put next to your goals right. that you're you know, finishing. And, um, so I, I had bought 60 workbooks to make these packages. And since January 2nd, when I did the workshop till today, which is the 21st, I've actually already sold 40 of those. All right. Yeah. So I actually put in another order to, um, you know, to keep going. Cause every time people see it, they're like, I want this, I need this. This yeah. is going to help me. You know, it's organized. It's in its own bag. The workshop and um, how is it? Is that is it like a fee to it? Um, the workshop, mm-hmm. yeah, the workshop I did live, but um, I will have a video of the workshop for ten dollars. Mm-hmm. And during the workshop, what I did was we first start off with the arts. Um, as a teacher, I believe that 
it's good to start off with some people call them energizers, icebreakers, whatever, yes. something to kind of relax you and, and get your mind focused on the topic, but also just open you up to what you're about to learn. So we started off with poetry. So I had myself and three other performers come in and we did some poetry just to get the audience kind of relaxed and thinking about positive things and thinking about possibilities and so those are filmed on the workshop. And then I take them through basically three pages of the workbook. And the first page we do together. And the second page, we're kind of working in groups and kind of discussing. And people are brainstorming because it is where you're creating this workbook. It's got journal prompts. It's got meditations. It's got food for thought. It's got places for you to write affirmations mm -hmm. and goals and for you to post pictures in there like a vision board. But mm -hmm. it also is definitely something that you're making your own. So everybody's going to be different. And mm -hmm. on my Facebook page today, I actually showed my first page that I completed. Mm -hmm. um, okay. So people can see that. So it's a 15-minute video on my Facebook page nice. of okay. me going live, showing that, um, that first page that I did on abundance. Okay. Um, so, so, yeah, they can order the workbook. They can order the workbook package. Um, it's $21 with shipping. It's $10 if you want the workshop. But I do have that Facebook Live that I did today, which basically shows you what it looks like if you don't want to order the, the workshop itself. And so, yeah, anybody, anywhere can order it, and they can get started on what I call Zenergizing Their Life. Okay. Nice. All right, Thank you. you. That's very informative. I will check out your page and take a look at that this evening. Okay, thank you. Well, it seems like COVID didn't shut you down at all. I know, that's right. <laughs> Reinvented. Yes, that's good. Yes, thank you. And I see that you're also a clothing brand owner, um, Awakened Versus. Tell us yes. about that and where we can find your product. You can find my products at laughsandlyricsmerch.com. So it's L-A-U-G-H-Z, the letter N, lyrics, merch, M-E-R-C-H.com. So I was doing shows about a year and a half ago, and one of my biggest fans, she was she was a clothing, clothing designer, and mm -hmm. she came to the show one day, and she said, I was so inspired by your show. She's like, I come in here. She came every week, every week, because the show was different every week, because we were doing it weekly at the time. We had different performers every week. She's like, I don't even know how I could get through the week without this show. I mean, it's just it just lifts me up. It makes me feel so good. I feel so much stress relief, and she was like, I wanted to give you something. I made you this shirt with your brand on it. Oh, nice. And I looked at it, and everybody that was in the audience, because this was after the show, everybody was like, oh, I want one. Oh, I want one. I want one, too. <laughs> so I ended up ordering 10 from her that night. Wow. Because, it, and then I was like, I need to be selling this. <laughs> right. And I hadn't even created that. And then I was like, I need to be creating designs. Yeah. Um, and so there, from there... I created, um, I have 18 different designs, 14 are live on the, on the site right now. Four of them haven't been released yet, nice. but you can get my designs on shirts, hoodies, tees, on socks, on masks, on right. mugs, phone cases, stickers, um, totes, all kind of stuff, <laughs> pillows, blankets, all that. 
Okay. Wonderful. Very good. We'll also check that out then. All right. I know our time is winding down, so I just want to ask if there anything really quick, quickly that you want to add, and what platforms can your listening audience find you on? Um, well, I do want to add that they can find Zenergy, the podcast, on basically all podcast streaming platforms. It's spelled Z-E-N-N-U-R-G-Y. Mm -hmm. um, I am looking for sponsors. Um, each episode does have the ability to have an ad inserted into it, mm -hmm. um, which is like a 20 to 30 second ad, and that's $15. If there's anybody out there that wants to advertise their business for $15, mm -hmm. um, you can send me basically a, a script, and I will read it, and I will insert that into the podcast uh, mid-roll, what they call mid-roll, basically midway through the podcast, and that's a way for them to support me as well as support themselves. Um, they can find me on Facebook. Um, Zenashe, Z-E-N-A-S-E, two words, or Zenashe Poetry, three words. Uh, Awaken Verses is also on Facebook. Zenergy has a page on Facebook. 100,000 Poets for Change has a page, a page on Facebook. So all of those are ways they can find me. I'm on Instagram. Mm -hmm. uh, Zenashe Poetry is all smushed together, Z-E-N-A-S-E Poetry. Um, I'm on Pinterest. I'm on LinkedIn. LinkedIn under my government name, which is Marlena Johns. Um, so basically they can find me all over the place. They can even Google laughs and lyrics, L-A-U-G-H-Z and lyrics, and I'll come up, you know, the past shows, they can see videos and things like that. Um, I'm on YouTube. Zenergy has a page on YouTube so they can see, um, the filming of the Zenergy podcast. So that's where you can find me. Okay, right. and how do you how do you get your um interviewees or your people for your Zenergy podcast? And is there a fee connected for them? To be there is no fee to be on the podcast. Um, I film on Sunday nights normally, um, from six forty to eight for people in the city of Houston, and so I do have uh, an in home studio where I have a videographer come out and video and um, do the audio work. I do also Zoom interviews. So on my lastandlyrics.com page, there is a, uh, a, I guess you could say a post that says, want to be a guest on the Zenergy show, and they just fill that out, and there's a, a calend Calendly link <laughs> that's in that post, and basically they can pick um, a time, and we could either do a Zoom interview or a live interview. Awesome. Well, Zen, it's been a pleasure having you on the show today. It sure is. I want to say again, thank you for coming on and being a part of the podcast today. Thank you. You very much. And I want to say thank you, Zen, for taking the time out to come on and support. And definitely, um, I appreciate you. And I would be listening to your Zen podcast and checking out everything that you have been doing and helped support. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right.